City, Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is the USA Volleyball Show. And here are your hosts, Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 77 of the USA Volleyball Show. We are the official podcast of USA Fencing. I'm just kidding. USA Volleyball in the building, like always. What's going on, Steven? How you been, man? Ooh, might need to do a crossover episode. USA hey, Fencing. Hey. On a dig out podcast we'll over there? That's a good question. Let's ask. I'll ask. Well, we'll dig into that. But yeah, episode 77. Uh, a lucky number 77. My favorite basketball player, Luka Doncic. There you oh, go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Mavericks looking good so far in the in the couple games of this season. But <laughs> no, this is a volleyball podcast. Uh, let's talk volleyball. Clarence, how, how are you doing? Uh, are you coaching right now? Um, I imagine there's some tournaments that you're traveling to. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, coaching year round. We actually just wrapped up our high school season, um, finished with a record of nine and 13. OK, um, came pretty close to regionals towards the middle of middle and end and uh, toward things. Well, came close to regional playoffs towards the middle and end portion of the season. But, you know, couldn't quite pull it out. But. With these nine wins, we still have the best record our varsity program has ever had. And we had a lot of returners coming, uh, coming, returning next year. So, uh, you know, I'm very hopeful for next year. But still got boys. Uh, my boys team also just had a power this past Saturday. Uh, in our division, we finished second. So we took second place. Almost oh, had, had a really good shot at uh, taking first, too, but couldn't quite pull off that win either. But got a lot of progress being made there, too. And then growth club season starts probably mid-November. So coaching year round, basically. So nice. There. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like some good stuff going on in your, your coaching life right now. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on those nine wins. That's great that you're going to have some returners next year too, uh, to bring that experience to the, to the squad. But uh, what, what uh, boys, what age group are you coaching? So I'm boys? coaching uh, over at the edge volleyball club coaching a 16th age group too. So I oh, mean, fine. the interesting about uh, the RMR region, um, so RMR region, Rocky Mountain region uh, powers is that all high school is just compiled into all the divisions too. So, we can play anywhere from another six teams to a bunch of eighteen team in our division, depending on who it got, who uh, um, who's in what. Like this past weekend, we had uh, I think we, we competed against two eighteen teams, uh, seventeen team, and I don't think there were any sixteen team. I think we were the only ones there. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting how they do it, but yeah, got a sixteen team. We'll be we will be a non classic. Be ready Ooh, for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The age 60 national clearance going to be in the building. I don't know how I feel about having my name in the title of a team, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> is it uh, USA Volleyball Show podcast host Hughes? Is it like Edge um, 16 U USA Volleyball Show? <laughs> let's do it. I'm, I'm going to go in and this AES to just make it a super, super, super sexy. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's congratulations. Let's see. What's new with uh, Man, not not a whole lot. Uh, had a long weekend. I took Friday off. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, we got our first snow uh, mm-hmm. here in Colorado. Uh, 
got like four to five inches, maybe it was a lot more in, I in Denver. Yeah. I, I drove up to Aurora yesterday um, and it was definitely snowing while I did that too. We had a tournament up at over at the field house, uh, reverse uh, co-ed fours. We were at the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was pretty funny. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Snow is here. Yeah. I don't, I thought it was ready for colder weather and snow but I, I don't think i was quite ready not no it's just not quite just, yet but he's kind of like sucker punched <laughs> us you know i was i was expecting things later or earlier towards like the second week of november or something like that but nope yeah mm-hmm. and i i didn't grow up in colorado but my my wife did and she uh she was like this reminds me of growing up uh because around halloween it would be it would always snow or usually snow and you'd have this cool Halloween costume outfit ready to go. And then you'd have to throw a big puffer jacket over it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That is comedy. Yeah. No, yeah. Hey, this, you just made me miss Southern California more than anything. But I mean, other than that, you know, Hey, as long as I'm staying in the house, we're good. Well, this is our, our we're recording before Halloween, but this will go out right. after Halloween. But do you have a, a favorite Halloween candy, like Ooh. a go-to candy that you just, you have to get? I love lifesavers, man. Like whoever's he's got those like little pack of like the not the hardest, but the man. I haven't seen those shows, in man. so long. Yeah. They're just it's so good. I just got like a little goodie bag from one of our parents uh, on our team, um, oh, and they nice. had them in there. I'm like, where did you get these little pack of lifesavers from? And I ate them immediately. Now I miss them already. But yeah, it's lifesaver. That's what it is. I remember those. Those would be the ones. One of the candies I would uh, pick out of my <laughs> trick or treat bag to to stash away mm-hmm. and keep yeah. away from my dad from stealing them. But uh did he did it ever work? Did he always <laughs> find it? No, I always I always uh I don't think he ever checked the bag first. I think I think my parents let us kind of pick through it first and then uh I got to a point where I knew what candy my dad would want. So I distracted him with those, like the Smarties. Like I didn't want I didn't mess with the Smarties. So Nobody needs those. I had a pile of the Smarties and he Put his focus on that while he took my, <laughs> my candy. Your teacher. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what about uh, your favorite Halloween? Candy? Yeah, mine is, you know, all year round, all year round, it's Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And I love the like holiday special ones. So, like Halloween, they do the pumpkin. Yeah. Um, Around the Christmas time, they do the the trees, and those are the best because the peanut butter to chocolate ratio. It's a lot of <laughs> a lot of peanut butter, a lot of peanut butter. But yeah, Reese's all year round for me. Okay, well, like you did your research there, you know, just with every shape, you know, just kind of <laughs> tasting and sampling the the ratio. Yeah, actually, yeah, a taste uh, a taste testing or like some sort of tasting competition between mm-hmm. all the Reese's that, that could be kind of fun. Speaking of competition, did you ever have the wing party with all the sauces you acquired from the holiday party last year? No, remember I didn't get the sauces. Wait, you didn't I, get those? I, I almost did. And then um, someone stole them. You're right. You did get uh, around. Yeah. That was great. The white elephant. Yeah. My bad. See, I, my, my, I forgot that. We so were long. like that close to having Mm-hmm. To having a little uh, hot wings challenge, um, but yeah. That's oh, wow! <laughs> looks like uh, looks like Lara Lara Fawcett had them, but then lost them. I think she stole them from me, and then they got stolen from her. See, after that, after two, it's it's a wrap. You know, that was a oh, good yeah. that was a good gift. Let's uh, look out this year at uh, this year's holiday party first. Might have to throw December. two. Might have to throw two in the batch this year. Huh? <laughs> there you go. There you go. But okay, we've been just 
going on. <laughs> Rammed up. I feel like we haven't like seen some each other. <laughs> yeah. seen each other in a while. Uh, we got a lot to catch up on. But let's just jump into the episode here. Uh, if you haven't already listened to last week's episode, or I guess a couple weeks ago, our last episode, episode 76, we sat down with USA Volleyball sitting volleyball director and U.S. women's sitting national team head coach Bill Hameter. Bill talks about his vast background in volleyball, sitting volleyball, coaching, and the impact he's made in volleyball in Oklahoma. He also talks about the U.S. women's sitting national team ahead of the World Cup coming up here in a couple of weeks, uh, his Paralympic experiences, his hobbies, and so much more. You're not going to want to miss that episode, and you can listen to it right now on all podcast platforms as well as USA Volleyball's YouTube channel. Now, moving on to news with Hughes. I had to do news with Hughes without Hughes last week, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> you got to change your name. You has got to have like an honor and name change. You know, like what's the thing? I'll bring some of that. But yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll bring some. I kind of like the news with Hughes without Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> simple to the point. You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, a big congratulations to uh, Corinne Quiggle and Sarah Murphy. For winning bronze at the Pan American Games, they defeated Argentina in two sets. That's what I'm talking about. Go, you. How do you like? What's the you like S and then A? That's how you do it. Yeah, go USA. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was almost at the YMCA, but totally the wrong one. But um, <laughs> very interesting turn. Um, here are the ABCA rankings for the NCAA women's top. 10 teams. If you haven't been able to catch some women's volleyball um, this season, you have been missing out for sure. But here are our top 10 rankings starting at number 10 going up to number 1. Number 10, we have Arkansas. Number 9, Oregon. 8, BYU. 7, Pittsburgh. 6, Washington State. Number 5, we have Texas. 4, Louisville. Three, Stanford. Number two, Wisconsin. And the new number one, Nebraska, who is a stunning 19-0. I cannot wait for the tournament this year. I cannot wait for the tournament this year so, so I can fill a bracket out and just be wrong like I'm, I'm, I am every <laughs> single year. <laughs> oh, man. Are we going to fill out a bracket? Be a podcast this uh this season this year yeah. I think we should yeah uh, we really failed a couple of years ago but it's okay we made a four at ABCA this past year but I mean continuing on um <laughs> it'll get it'll get busted first round but it's it's still a lot of fun it's okay we'll pick all the underdogs and you know go from there oh there but you go yeah we'll talk about that later again whole other episode of things there too <laughs> but. Reminder to all volleyball fans athletes unlimited season three we're finishing up very soon. They will be competing in Mesa, Arizona from now until November 6th at the Bell Bank Park in Mesa. Get your tickets to these final matches now. And if you can't make it in person, be sure to tune in as they'll be airing these episodes, these episodes, airing these matches on ESPN Plus and ESPNU. Follow along the action on USA Volleyball social media platforms and for all on the latest episodes, news, AU matches and all the above, you can visit the website at usavolleyball.org. Now, 
that was a little that was a nice little teaser with the ABC rankings because we have a related episode. So let's get right to it. On today's show, we sit down with U.S. Women's National Team and University of Texas. That's number five ranked Texas middle blocker Asia O'Neill. We learn about her background, her journey through two heart surgeries, winning the national championship last year with Texas, her summer with U.S. women with the U.S. women's national team, and so much more. So let's get to it. Here's Asia. Asia, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Excited to have you on the podcast, especially after a very exciting summer for you. Uh, and I guess going back to fall, winter, when you won the national championship as well with Texas. But uh, I guess to kick things off, could you tell us or maybe, you know, something, you know, a hobby or an interest that you have that fans might not know about? I see that shoe collection back there. So maybe that's a little teaser for that. But uh, yeah, let us know. Yeah. Um, two hobbies. One is I like collecting sneakers. I like shoes. Um, I've kind of slowed down a little bit because I'm getting past capacity in my room. So I've slowed <laughs> down a little bit. But, yeah, end of the show. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no more room on the shelves. But um, so that and I recently started to try to take up DJ. I always liked oh, music. Really? So I bought a board this summer, like right after I left uh, USA. And I, I tried to start with season and like fall camp. It was kind of hard, but those are my two hobbies as of right now. What's your DJ name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, What's your DJ name? I don't have one yet. So, I'm, so that's still in the works. DJ Asia has a nice ring to it, though. I mean, it does. Yeah. That's fair. So maybe that's what I do. You already got the neon sign back there, too. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence, uh, Open Nationals, you, you've had a DJ the last couple years or last year? Maybe last year we, we did. Yeah. Maybe um, we need to call Asia up to do some DJing at the. At the event, <laughs> May twenty fourth to twenty ninth, calling. Awesome, yeah. Let's uh, kind of dive into your background a little bit. What? Uh, how were you introduced to the game of volleyball? Yeah, so I moved around a lot as a kid because of my dad. But then, once seventh grade hit, we decided to kind of settle down. Uh, my dad and me wanted to retire and move to Dallas, so moved in uh, to Texas, and I. Knew about volleyball, but I'd never really been around it very much. And my first day of school at seventh grade, I had two girls come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, you're so tall. Are you going to try out for the volleyball team? And I was like, oh, no, no, like I'm not. I've never played this before, really. Like, probably not. I was super shy. So not something I really want to do. But something just told me you should just go out, just try it. Like, you can make some friends. It'll be fun. And I guess the rest is history. Were you, I mean... Given your dad's background, were you interested in basketball at all uh, before that? Or, um, yeah, what other sports were you interested in or any sports at all? Um, so I did try basketball the summer going into my sixth grade year. I told my dad, I was like, train me the whole summer. I'm going to try out for the team. Like, I want to do well. Train all summer, went to tryouts. I went the first day of tryouts. I was like, this is not for me. Like, I don't want to do this. And then I was done. So... Besides that, I did soccer for a couple of years. I thought oh, cool. I was play soccer. Um, I wasn't very good i was just you know big kind of athletic at the time so it worked out but it wasn't like my calling i was definitely more into like dance and acting and singing and things like that so oh, cool yeah acting is very interesting okay do you still yeah. like do any kind of acting on the side or any of that uh no i think at this stage i would be a little nervous and embarrassed to do it but uh it was really fun when i was younger my school a lot of schools I went to, we had a lot of plays and they were really into it. I went to performing arts schools. So it was really mm -hmm. cool then. But I think 
now I'm past my my limit and my time. <laughs> <laughs> you say what's the, what was like your most memorable play you remember being part of? Um, in sixth grade, we did a Charlie Brown play, um, and I was Lucy. And I really remember that because I had a solo. Oh, awesome. I was so scared to do my solo. But from what I remember, I think I killed it. So it's all about. <laughs> He's blacked out on the, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did a good job from what I heard. Yeah. Okay. Just drop the mic. Doesn't get any better than this. That's right. an acting career. Exactly. Now, <laughs> <laughs> time back into volleyball, like when did you kind of realize you had a knack for it? Where it's like, I know you kind of talked about where it's like, uh, you know, yeah, I'll try it. Never played it before. We'll kind of see how it goes. But like, when did that, you know, light bulb or, you know, go off or that light switch go off or that thing click for you for like, well, again, I, I can actually, you know, make a pretty, pretty memorable and a great career out of this. Yeah, I would say initially just that seventh grade year, I started club volleyball. I went um, and tried out for my friend's club and made the team. And obviously I wasn't incredible yet, but based on feedback that I was getting, I felt like my growth rate, I was like, okay, this is something that I could probably be pretty good at, pretty decent. And then in eighth grade, so I got my first college letter and I was like, okay, like this is a real thing. Like this is serious. My parents also realized like, okay, like I was not just kind of, you know, saying what we want to hear to be on the team. Like this is something that could be really promising. So in middle school, I kind of started to realize like, wow, this is real. You can really play at the next level. And I think I have like what it takes to kind of get to college. Uh, kind of sticking with your kind of the early years of volleyball, uh, going into your club background, you, uh, competed at TAB, you know, obviously a huge club, well-known club in Texas and, uh, has very successful programs year after year. Um, what was it like competing for TAB? And then, you know, take us through some of your more memorable moments, uh, competing for the club and maybe, uh, you know, at USA Volleyball Nationals or any qualifiers like that. Yeah, so I was at TAV my freshman to junior year, and uh, the club I went to before was still pretty good, but it wasn't as like crazy and high of a level as TAV. So my freshman year, once I got there, it was pretty crazy as a whirlwind. We had really good girls on our team. Um, I think basically all of us, besides maybe one, went D1 and like pretty good D1 schools. So wow. I was very uh, shell-shocked when I walked in and... It was really amazing. They had so many good coaches, and I really feel like that's when I started to blossom. Really, my freshman year, I started getting hitting those big strides. Um, and going to nationals, it was in New Orleans that year, and we ended up getting third. But just seeing like how incredible all the teams were, I was really in shock. I was like, volleyball is big. Like I didn't realize it was this crazy, but it is definitely very crazy. And just being able to compete at that high level and making it that far, we got third my freshman year, second. My sophomore year and then my junior year is when we ended up winning. And it's really crazy because we ended up playing Austin Juniors, like a team from Texas in the national championship, which is like small world because we played them probably a million times before that. But um, it was always so fun. I loved my club days. We talk about it all the time now. Just I met up with a couple of my old club teammates this past weekend and we were kind of just going through all of our memories and down memory lane. And there's so many just like indescribable moments that you experience with one another and being able to travel across the country and meet all these girls. Like there's so many relationships that I've made that I still have, even if they don't play volleyball anymore, but just being able to have like those eight hour days at the convention center, like hearing whistles all day long and you're running around <laughs> court to court, like barely warming up, just jumping on and we're somehow playing like five matches in a day. Like it was such a great experience. And I really honestly miss club, but it was, it was so fun, especially to be able to win um, my junior year and be like on the alternative team there in Salmoni. 
crazy memories with USA Volleyball. So you said you've been around a total of two clubs. You said the club you started with and then you ended up at TAV afterwards, right? Yeah. And then my senior year, I played for Drive Nation, which my dad started that club. So that was cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the first year of the club. Um, So I left TAV to go there. Um, But yeah, so I guess three. Maybe I'm a club hopper, I guess. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't say all that. I mean, you know, club volleyball is kind of up in the, you know, there's so many to choose from, depending on what city you're in and such, too, and de- depend, uh, depending on the level that you want to play at, too. But uh, kind of a side question for there. Um, what what goes into choosing a club, you know, like TAV or even going over to, uh, to Drive Nation, just overall, you know, in, in your opinion? Yeah, I feel like the younger you were, you kind of just what were your friends were. But then once high school hit, I knew I wanted to be somewhere where I could really develop. Like I said, in eighth grade, I started getting college letters and I knew like, okay, like this is something serious. Like I'm doing a lot of training on the outside, doing strength conditioning. Like I want to make sure I'm developing as as the best I can. And also we kind of paid a lot of attention to different tournaments that we were going to. So like TAV and Drive always made sure to put us in like, the best qualifiers in the best situation so we could play the best competition so that once nationals came around we were pretty prepared so really just coaching and level play um in dallas there's so many volleyball players so at the time kind of my freshman year all the best players from like each club in the area we all kind of joined one team together and so it worked out you know it could have not done that but it worked <laughs> out so yeah really just coaching players and then the level of tournaments that were put it too Mm-hmm. Do you remember like your favorite qualifier tournament that you've like played in? Mm-hmm. Um, or a city that helps. New Orleans was really fun. I really liked being there because there was a lot to do when we weren't on the court. So we like got to walk around the mall, go shopping. I will say also, uh, when we won, it was in Minneapolis. So that was really fun. Um, it was a cool city. I liked being there. So, yeah, really, I'd say Minneapolis and New Orleans were my favorite, too. Mm. Great food in New Orleans. What'd you say? Uh, great food in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got a lot of beignets when we were there. So. <laughs> <laughs> we were beignets, we were the, secret, the secret to winning. Yeah, there you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, you mentioned winning the national championship your junior year, I believe. What was... Uh, what was that moment like, uh, you know, from maybe the start of the tournament to the end of it? What was the, you know, the feeling, the emotions? Uh, what was that like for you? Um, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I remember we had a really tough crossover match to get into gold and we almost lost. So we were really kind of battling there the last few days. But my coach at the time, too, was a really strict coach. Um, his name's Ping. I know that, like, is a name in the volleyball world. Some people know. Maybe it's just a Texas thing. But <laughs> so we were we were going through it that year. We were really, like, busting our tails, working super hard. So once we got to, like, the gold medal match day, we had our three games, I'm pretty sure. We Everybody was locked in. Like, we were at dinner or breakfast. And no one said a word. We were just, like, <laughs> our food. We were ready to go. We are like, guys, we spent this whole entire season, like, working our tails off there's no way we're losing so once we got to that um last game it was like it was like autopilot like we went to three but we still were very much so like very locked in we knew we were gonna win and then being able to do it i'd seen so many teams like the years prior celebrating at the end on the big championship core with all their friends and family there i was like that's so cool like i really want to get that 
And so being able to win that, I think my best, girl is still my best friend now, like set me on match point and I got a kill. And I was like, oh, God, finally. <laughs> so all of us are like, you know, pulling on the ground, we're crying. It was so fun. And then just the medal ceremony after, like it's such a big shebang, especially like at 17 years old. So you're just so in awe and it's, it's so incredible. So worth it. That's a memory that I'll forever have. I think this might be a little bit of a good segue to, you know, talk about either your college career and, you know, what made you choose uh, the University of Texas? Yeah. So my first year playing volleyball, actually, I saw Texas win the national championship. I was watching that on TV um, in 2012 and just growing up playing volleyball in the state of Texas, like everyone talks about UT. So like, that's just a big sample I would go to the games whenever they played at TCU because that was about 30 minutes from my house. So they were always just like that huge, incredible program that's like everyone's aware of that's so close to you and that's something that I really wanted. But also just being a young black girl playing a sport that not everyone really necessarily looked like me, especially back then. It was so great to see a team and a program like Texas that has that diversity um, just really across the board from like coaching staff to support staff to all the girls. And I knew a couple of girls from Dallas too, that were on that team. So there's just a lot of connections and it was really incredible seeing people who looked like me playing at a really high level playing like with their own type of swagger and their own personality and not really being afraid to like fit it to a certain mold. So that was something that really stuck with me at like 15, 16 years old. And obviously I committed at 16. So you're pretty young when you made, make those decisions. I know they've changed the rules now, but I'm really glad that I, made that decision at 16 and I'm still happy with that decision and still here at 24. So yeah, really, really happy with 16 year old Asia for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, committing at 16 is pretty early too. I mean, like once you committed, I know you mean you had everything, seemed like you had everything lined up decision wise and, you know, there was no like kind of, I guess, back end thoughts, but you know, did you start like, like maybe ask yourself, did I commit too early or do you know, should I be winning my options, you know, for maybe a little bit of a longer period of time? Or, I mean, it seems like, you know, obviously no, but I mean, you know, were there any kind of leering thoughts in that moment? Um, I would say not necessarily. I questioned my reasoning back then. Like most people were committed by sophomore year, which is so crazy to say, because you just don't know who you're going to be once you turn 18. So the thought of committing your sophomore year of school is just like crazy. Um, but I was really confident in my decision. I was really excited to also just kind of have that decision to be done because I'm such a planner. So I like to know what's going on with my life and the recruiting process. Like I was so pretty shy at that age. So I would be so nervous, like going out visits, talking to coaches. So it was like, it was more so a relief for me to know like, okay, this is where I'm going. Like it's going to be set my senior year, but I can just kind of relax and prepare and enjoy watching them and then see like how it's going to go for me once I get there. Eat. You mentioned some of the the women on the team that were there before you got there that you kind of looked up to. Who are some of those uh, people that you looked up to? And, you know, maybe even as you started your freshman year, uh, who are those kind of role models that helped, you know, maybe take you under their wing? Yeah, so um, she obviously was a huge inspiration for me. She played high school about like 20 minutes from my house. And my best friend at the time, her older sister played with cheese. So like, I would always just like be watching from afar and they'd be like, Oh, Asia, like you can be like cheese one day, like just keep working. Like you're going to be able to go to Texas, you're going to be able to do all these things. Like just keep working at it. Like you could be in like the same area, same team, whatever. So I would always look at her and be like, that's somebody that I really want to be. Uh, so I always watched she playing in Texas. She was obviously, she's an incredible athlete, incredible middle. So 
She's really fun to watch. And then Cat Bell as well. Um, she's yeah. from the Dallas area too. And we didn't play at the same club, uh, but she was always someone that's really feisty and really rowdy uh, on the court. So that was <laughs> someone that I really liked watching. Uh, and I kind of started to, once I got comfortable with myself, it started to like come out of my shell. That's someone who I think I play um, similar to, but those two are really big uh, inspiration. And then didn't obviously get to play with either of them in college, but just being able to watch them excel um, at Texas and then in their professional careers, it's been really cool. What about, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, the volleyball program, but what about, Texas, the the university, or, or even you know Austin, the city, really attracted you uh, uh, to go there. I definitely liked that Austin wasn't a small college town. Um, obviously, I love volleyball. I eat, sleep, breathe volleyball. But you also need things to do outside of that. So being somewhere that's a big enough city, but not super big, where you're gonna get lost and like feel too overwhelmed. I really love that about Austin. There's so many things to do. There's so much like music and concerts and food and outdoor activities. Like there's always something going on in the city. So I really love that. And then just our fan base in general, they're crazy. Like win or lose yeah. behind us. They're 10 toes down behind Texas volleyball. And I know that I have people that are going to support me um, and go crazy and go off all people. That's what they need to do. So I really love um, just our support system. And the Texas brand itself is just, just like, second to none in my opinion i guess it's a biased opinion but i think that it's an incredible brand (laughs) all people around us like there is i'm here for my six years so i clearly really love it here and i feel super supported and it's been a great experience for me you sound like steven steven's always talking about you know dallas where he's from and yeah you know not like texas so hey austin's great (laughs) austin's a different kind of cool i haven't been to austin i need to go there for sure yeah the music scene the food scene outdoors like you mentioned asia is so great barton springs over there rainy street if you want to want to party a little bit but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah ladybird lake i used to paddleboard on ladybird lake all the time yeah 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 there's a lot I went to a college just south of Austin uh, at Texas State uh, in San Marcos. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then yeah. grew up in of, Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who go to Texas State. So, yeah. Not too cool. Far. Cool area. Yeah. The Hill Country is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I You mentioned the, the fan base and I'm, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the arena that, that you guys play in. Oh, uh, Gregory. Gregory. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a big arena, but not, not that big. And it's, it's close too, which is like kind of an intimate atmosphere. What's it like playing, uh, in that gym, um, in front of that home crowd? Um, it is very, our crowd is very deafening. Like you can't hear much when they're yelling and going crazy. And like you said, it's more intimate setting. It's like literally built into our rec uh rec facility so that's right yeah it holds about it only holds about like five thousand, so it's not a ton of people but i like that it's smaller because we know we're gonna pack the gym every single game so that's super nice but our fans are really like right on top of the core and i've talked to my friends who played at other schools and they're like it really sucks playing at greg like your fans <laughs> are crazy they're so <laughs> and i was watching um some videos of like us during the tournament last year and i was looking and i was like there's literally not anywhere else to stand like people were packed in there so it's a really fun environment it really gets you going um they really have a really good um, home court advantage so i love playing greg i know that we're in the era of we're trying to sell out and obviously having like fifty thousand people will be so cool out of game but i do appreciate our gym greg and it's like small acquaintance right now 
So speaking of, you know, burritos and selling out and all that good stuff, um, we just so happen to be um, <clears throat> across the court on the bench when you guys won uh, the national championship last year in uh, Nebraska. Can you talk about like that feeling um, of, you know, bringing the chip home? Yeah. Um, honestly, it was completely an indescribable feeling. I lost all type of emotional control in the moment when we won. It was so crazy. And we were down and out. I think they had Seth Wine for a couple points. We were down significantly and somehow rallied back to win. But um, in my, I guess, what is that, junior year, retro, it's all, all the years combined. Two years prior, during COVID, we lost in that uh, gym to Kentucky. So there's a lot of like sour feelings with Omaha and Nebraska being in that arena. So being able to come back and win, especially in like a dominant fashion and three was so crazy. Um, obviously Texas and Nebraska are longtime rivals. Like everyone knows that just the institutions in general. So being in Nebraska and having like the whole entire arena chanting go big red, because I was like the Louisville coach went to Nebraska and won there. So there was a lot of Nebraska fans in there. And obviously like no matter what, like the two programs are just like pitted against each other. So being able to win and being able to do that, in a place where we had already lost and we knew that we didn't really have any type of home court advantage or many who aren't really rooting for us was really crazy. And it was a really challenging year having to bring in all those new people. We lost a fair share of girls that graduated or just moved on. And so, you know, having, I think it was 11 new people on our team is something that could go really poorly. You're getting a lot of, we got a couple of fifth years and some transfers that came from other programs and having to make sure that we're all like kind of buying into the same goal and allowing ourselves to just like leave our egos at the door and know that whatever is best for the team is going to be best for us and we want to win. Like that's something that is really special because last year was the first year being in college that we've really had like no issues. Like with any team, you're going to have some problems and there's going to be like back and forth or like butting heads because you spend so much time together. But Last year was the first year that I can say everyone was so locked in from the very start that being able to have that special group of people and accomplish what we wanted to accomplish and the reason why everybody came there was so amazing and it just felt like all of our hard work really paid off and we're able to kind of prove ourselves because we've gotten so close, obviously, like the past 10 years prior because they hadn't won since 2012. So being able to finally like win that, especially for Jarrett, was so incredible and so special. Mm-hmm. I took a little uh, souvenir home from that match. You, you might recognize, might recognize it. <laughs> I didn't get confetti. I left all the confetti. I oh no! Confetti. I got everything else, but I didn't grab any confetti. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, a bunch, as it was falling down, I, I grabbed one and taped it to, to the, like oh, my media right. card. <laughs> that's smart. That is. <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot of Texas volleyball uh, while I was in college too. We'd go down to. Or go up to Austin and watch. Uh, been a fan of Texas volleyball for a little while, so that was cool to cool to see you guys win. Yeah, finally, finally, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a drought, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you're yeah. back on it. You're back at it. Right. <laughs> uh, it's your senior year uh, at Texas, and um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, I think you probably had some opportunity to stay with the national team uh, as well. What kind of made or how did you come up to the decision of, you know, returning to Texas uh, for your senior season? Yeah, it was definitely tough, especially when presented with the ability to stay and continue to train, because obviously, like, that's the goal of all goals is to be in that gym, be make those rosters compete with, like, 
the best that our country has to offer and compete against the best in the world. So it was really hard to kind of make that decision to come back. Um, but I'm definitely a person who, once I start something, like I'm, I would want to be committed to it and finish. And being a six year on a team, um, I've been there since 2018. So like, this is a program that I've really tried to help move and grow and put continue to build on. So I knew that like as a leader and a captain, that it was my kind of duty and responsibility that I wanted to come in and continue to help the team and finish what I started. Um, and just really being able to know that like I left at peace and left doing everything that I said I wanted to do. So it was definitely very hard. Um, had a lot of talks with Karch about it, just trying to like navigate that, figure it out. Um, but I'm so glad that I was able to have that summer and compete with USA and still be able to come back on time out with Texas and be here and lead my 18 year olds <laughs> you know, <laughs> throughout the season. So, yeah. <clears throat> How has your uh, role changed as, you know, a captain? I mean, you said you went from such a, I don't want to say like, well, like you said, a, a complete team to having 11 new players on the team. You know, do, does your approach to leadership change at all from, you know, what it was last year going into this year? Um, It's definitely different. Last year, I think we had like five or six fifth years. Our team was pretty old, um, pretty mature. So there wasn't a lot of, there was coaching, but there wasn't teaching and letting people know like, this is how you win, this is how you compete at a high level. Because all of us had been in college. We knew what the situation was. We had done it. Um, so this year, uh, basically being the oldest, I'm the oldest by like over a year. So I'm definitely by far the vet of the group. But um, having so many young girls, I feel like I told um, my parents like how months ago when the season started, I was like, I feel like I'm a mom right now. Like, I feel like I'm just holding, grabbing my children, trying to carry us along down the road. But it's super fun. It's a great experience, too, because they're so willing and open to learning anything and everything. And I think we build a relationship where like they have a lot of respect for me and what I say and I have a lot of respect for them because they work their tails off. So it's really fun and really pushed me to be more of a vocal leader. Years prior, uh, Logan Eggleston has been our vocal leader on the team. So with her leaving, I knew that I really had to step up and like make my voice known. So it's really pushed me out of my comfort zone, but I've started to get more comfortable with it. And I feel like it's huge in respects what I have to say. So it's been really a growing experience for me, but it's been super fun. And I'm glad that I've had this last year to continue to grow and work on things that I know I need to work on off the volleyball court. So it's been a fun experience. Uh, Texas is doing pretty well right now uh, in the top five. I think I think ranked five right now. Um, what, you know, who are the opponents that you're looking forward to playing against or, you know, maybe might be presenting the biggest challenges for, for your team? Yeah, obviously all the top uh, really 10 teams, 25, all the teams are good this year. There's a lot of uh, really good teams in college volleyball, whether it's because of the portal or just people getting extra years. So a lot of teams are really talented. We kind of don't really have that sense of like the huge like juggernaut programs that are just going to take down anybody that comes in front of them. So I think that's a really positive uh, change for college volleyball. But I would say, hey, really, um, I really hope that we meet up with Washington State again in the tournament. I don't know if we will. We lost them earlier this year. They're having a really good season. They're a really good program. Um, they're pretty old like veteran programs. So they... They had their stuff ready at the beginning of the season. They're ready to go. <laughs> we just not. <laughs> but um, I would love to play them again. And then obviously, like the Nebraska, Wisconsin, Stanford, Louisville, like all those are really good programs. So 
really just trying to go one game at a time, but I would really love to redeem myself against Washington State. I love that. When that happens, we're going to have to clip that soundbite out. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on social media. No. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, definitely want to talk about your national team experience this summer. But kind of before we do, uh, wanted to kind of get your story, your journey through your open heart surgeries. You, you've gone through two. Um, but what was, you know that first one what was the how did you find out about that uh yeah i guess just take us through the whole story and journey of that yeah so um it actually i found out my first year playing volleyball that i was gonna have to have a surgery and i was about like 12 years old at the time so you don't really get the grasp of the weight of things and like how much how intense it's gonna be and i when my mom told me i like started crying but i was like okay well it's probably fine like i'm fine you don't really think about all the things that go into it when you're that young. So you're just kind of like, okay, we're just going to go day by day and it's going to get there and I'll be a little nervous, but we'll get through it. And so I really wasn't super nervous until we got to Boston. I had it in Boston. Um, so we got there the day before we were in the hotel. I was like, okay, I'm kind of scared. Like this might be a little scary. I don't really know what to expect. Um, went in for surgery. And honestly, it's really crazy because I think my brain is kind of just blocked out a lot of that experience. I remember like bits and pieces and I remember like being in the hospital, having to like train myself to walk again, have the strength to like sit up in bed or turn over and all these other things. Um, but it was a pretty speedy recovery. Being an athlete and being so young, they said that it wasn't going to be too bad or too brutal. I was back playing that club season. So I ended up finishing the season with my team. Oh, wow. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was still a slow progression and I still had to wait um my time until I could go back. It's still like um three months until you can do like contact sports just because the bone is broken. That's really like the biggest thing with the recovery. But it wasn't too bad and I don't really remember a ton because I think I was so young and I'm also just like, whatever, day to day, like I'm gonna play volleyball again, it's gonna be whatever. Like you're just so happy to just be there one year, twelve years old. So um, it wasn't too bad. And I was glad that I was able to finish out my season. And mm-hmm. I definitely felt a lot better afterwards. What I, I apologize. I think you may have cut out a little bit at the beginning for me. Did you, was it something that you've discovered while you were playing or why, why did you need the surgery? If you, if you're so, comfortable with telling me. Yeah. So I was born with the leak in my mitral valve. So that was something that I always knew that I had. And once a year, I would go to the cardiologist and get an echo and EKG just to make sure that everything was okay. Um, and so, like I said, that first year playing volleyball, like Texas sports are no joke, especially in middle school. So like you're doing a lot, the level is a lot harder just working out wise. Like it's not, it's not as easy as I was used to. So I started to really feel effects, whether it's just getting lightheaded or dizzy or having chest pain or not being able to compete at a high level. So I noticed that something was kind of off about me, but I always knew I had the cardiac problem. So I just kind of like, chopped it up to just being that um so then it was after i had my it was in the summer and it was after i found out that i had my ekg and my echo they looked at my test results and said that the leak had got worse so they were going to need to go in and put a ring on it to just close the valve because basically the valve doesn't close all the way so the blood goes opposite way through the heart so your heart has to work faster to pump it the correct way just basically causing you to add a lot of wear and tear and strain on your heart okay yeah thank you for sharing that yeah, of course. 
And then um, correct us if you're wrong too, if we're, if we're wrong on 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 our end. But you also um, had to have a, a second one. Uh, your earlier years in college was this the same circumstance with that valve, or was it a little different? Um, it was the same, but there also was an added layer to it. So getting to college, like I said, it's another level of just more intensity, harder workouts. So I started to really notice that I was having problems. I could not keep up with my teammates and conditioning or anything. Obviously, you get to school in the summer, so you're doing summer training right off the bat. and It's pretty hard. But I knew that I like really was not able to do it, and it was really frustrating. But through my freshman fall, I redshirted. Kind of had my problems, but it was fine. And like you're a freshman, so you're trying not to like cause a scene. So you're trying to just, you know, get through day to day. And then that spring came in for off-season workouts, and it was, I was really, really struggling. I could not get through things. Went to my cardiologist here um, with my trainer, actually. And it was our last day of spring workouts. So it's like early May. And they told me, hey, like the league, league of junior martial law has become severe. You have to be done. You're done playing volleyball. And wow. I was very like taken aback because it's not what I was expecting. I've gone to the cardi- cardiologist calendar times before. And I'm with my like student trainer. Or, or she's not a student, but like our team trainer who I'm not mm-hmm. super close with yet. So I'm like do I cry right now? Like, what do I say? Like, this is kind of crazy. Like, I don't know what's happening. So that was like in May. So my parents throughout the summer, we were trying to figure out solutions. Like we sent um, my test results to other doctors to see what they had to say. And had some doctors that my dad knew through the NBA that were like, oh no, she's fine. She's okay. Like she'd get through it. So I was having problems. I was wearing a heart rate monitor throughout practices the fall came and like we would have our heart rates displayed on the board and all of my teammates would be like 130 120 140 range and then you look at me and i'm like 190 i'm like okay i'm in the red like not doing well i'm getting pulled in and out of practice it's super frustrating just because you don't like you're trying to compete you're trying to do well you're trying to get better and you like physically can't like you don't know what's wrong i'm like i feel like i'm in shape like i doing more than my teammates. I'm trying to make sure my cardio is staying up, but like I just literally couldn't. And so like in October of that year, um, in 2019, I, my parent, I went home for the weekend. My parents told me I'll be to go to Cleveland because we had sent our, my results to the Cleveland clinic, get up there and they, t- they do a bunch of tests. And basically they end up telling me that I'm going to have to have another surgery because, um, my mitral valve, the leak, has become severe again because the ring was too small because I had grown from the time that I was 13, 12 and my tricuspid valve was also um, leaking. So basically I had to go in and get that operated on again, fix those two valves, put a ring on the tricuspid valve, put a new ring on the mitral valve. And that is how that happened. Was the recovery, um, because I mean, you're much younger on that first one uh, and you mentioned the doctor said the recovery would be really quick and, and it was. Uh, relatively quick was it kind of the same time same time frame this this go around um yes and no i definitely was in a lot more pain in the second time just being older and they'd already gone in through that area and had a previous surgery so i definitely was struggling when i was in the hospital it was really hard to i couldn't even really talk for a while talk move get upset anything like that but um so it was it's basically the long time recovery was about three-ish months until I could get back on the court again. Um, so it's like six weeks with no type of working out at all, like no cardio, no nothing. And then 
three months is like the whole entire recovery just because of the bone. So luckily, well, not luckily, but I guess this was one positive, like COVID happened. So I was able to go home. And so I didn't really feel like a huge rush or urgency to like, I need to recover right now. So like I was already doing my rehab stuff and I was starting to work out, but I hadn't played volleyball yet. So we were at home during COVID and I was able to get into the gym and kind of just play um, by myself. So like my dad had drive nation. So I was able to do stuff on my own there. And so that was nice. So that was like one positive code happening that I was able to kind of just ease myself into it. And then once we went back to school in like July and once I was there, I was able to like feel comfortable and confident in being able to just kind of go play and not be worried about like, did I come back too early? So that was the one thing that was a little different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> were there any, um, were there or even are there any, you know, limitations or restrictions as far as your playing is concerned? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, you're you're still, you know, dominant killing on the court as, as we see here too. But, you know, were there any, you know, restrictions there at all? Um, there was no restrictions after this one. Um, my surgeon told me after, which really stuck with me. He's like, you already told me before, he's like, you won't realize how bad you felt until after you have this surgery. And he was completely right. Like my first workout, uh, we did like a sand workout. So it was like sprints and conditioning and agility. I like called my mom right after and I was like crying. I was like, I can't believe this is how everybody else feels this whole entire time. I've been struggling and I thought that was normal. Like this is so incredible. So since then, like I don't have any limitations or restrictions. Obviously, if I feel like lightheaded or have chest pain or anything, like I'm always given the green light to stop and I'm pretty in tune with my body and know how I feel just because of all my cardiac history. So I'm pretty aware if I'm like, okay, something doesn't feel right. But luckily I haven't had that issue. So basically I'm good to go as long as I'm, I feel good to go. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, winning the national championship last year, was that just kind of added emotions looking back on that journey for you? Yeah, there is a lot of things, like you said, just having that surgery and getting through to, um, having to deal with so many transfers the year before and trying to rebuild our program. Just there's so many things that happened last semester. I had a lot of like, or last season, I had a lot of personal things that were happening in my life. So just being able to kind of look at all like the setbacks and trials and tribulations that you go through while you're still just trying to compete and be the best volleyball player you can be then ending up winning, especially in such like a dominant fashion was so incredible. And that's why I was just so like emotional (laughs) when we won. It was so great to just see like, sticking to it and just like putting your head down and continuing to work like people say that's how they get through it but when it actually comes to truth and it happens in front of your eyes it's like honestly incredible and unbelievable awesome well i think we can kind of dive into your national team uh, uh experience this summer and, and thank you again for sharing uh, your story through all your cardiac mm-hmm. history and your heart surgeries yeah of course always down to cheer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Take us through this summer. What was the, how did you feel, you know, walking into the national team gym and, and then, uh, competing, you know, with some of the, the women that you've looked up to, you mentioned Chiaka, uh, earlier on, uh, from Texas, but yeah, just kind of take us through, you know, those early days in the national team gym and then, you know, getting to compete next to some of those people. Yeah. So before I got, um, to Anaheim this summer, I had a long conversation with David Hunt, who's my coach here, who obviously spent his time with USA Volleyball. And he was just kind of helping me like get my mind right, prepare for the summer. And he basically just told me, like, Asia, you worked really hard, like you deserve to be here, but just don't give yourself 
any expectations. Just like go out and have fun. And I think that was the best advice he could give me. I'm super competitive. I hold myself to really high standards. So being in a gym where everybody's clearly the best of the best, like having like specific standards and expectations for yourself can cause issues when you don't necessarily like accomplish that right away. So I think just being able to come in and just play and have fun and work hard really worked out for me. I'm not a shy person, but I'm not super extroverted. So I kind of like at the beginning was kind of keeping to myself, like talking here and there, but kind of just, you know, finding my way. Um, and that first trip when we went to Turkey, I um, got thrown in a couple matches and I was like, well, here's my time. So I'm just going to go in and just do my job and just see how it goes. And I think that was really my mindset, like throughout the whole summer, like just trusting in the fact that like, even though I'm in college or I'm like the youngest here, or like only girl would say, you're so young. I can't believe you're 23. Like, that's so crazy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just going to come in and just do what I can do. Like I have faith in myself and know that like I'm here for a reason. Like my big saying this summer, um, Brooke Nunaviller actually told me this, but she told us basically walk into every room like God put you there because he did. So really just reminding myself, like, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't ready to be here. And I think having that mindset really helped me just kind of relax and play loosely um, on the court. And for moments where a car just like, hey, you go. I'm just like running to the sideline to go in. <laughs> I, was just, I was ready. So it was really fun, um, especially... <laughs> be able to play with she i didn't play with her until finals week because she came late obviously um because she was in turkey but it was so crazy very surreal very weird so like this is so full circle like i looked up to this woman for so long like she's she is chiaka like chiaka is in a realm of her own especially yeah. like growing up in the state playing at uc like she is she's her by every every means so being able to play on a team with her and be all the core with her was so crazy. And I was like, I kind of have to pinch myself right now. Like, this is so surreal. <laughs> but it was such an incredible experience. And I'm so thankful that I got to be there. We're going to send uh, Shaka the soundbite so she you know, <laughs> <laughs> right, Exactly. I don't think we've had her on the podcast yet. We need to get her. Oh, no. Yeah. It seems that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you know, during your time there, I know you mentioned a lot about Chiaco, but were there any other players that, you know, really helped you feel welcomed and, you know, connected or helped, you know, start that, you know, camaraderie build with the team? Yeah. Um, so I lived with Bree and uh, Ronnie and Avery. And so that was nice to have people that I, like Bri obviously I played with at Texas for four years. So we were already pretty close, but like Avery, I played with Maddie, like her sister. So, and then Ronnie, like we played my freshman year. So it's people that I knew and people that were a little younger. So I felt like more comfortable and more at ease with at the beginning, just being able to live with them and like get confidence that way, just having close people that I have connections with. But um, in Turkey, Micah was my roommate. And obviously it's Micah Hancock. Like she's... She's like a Chiaka. She's her. Like they're on another level. So having someone that is so talented and so good and just realizing how sweet and down to earth she was was really comforting for me because we had a lot of long conversations at night. We're just chit-chatting, learning about each other and just having people that really, you know, made me feel welcome. She made me feel very comfortable and gave me a lot of confidence in myself um, to just kind of go out there and just play volleyball. And so really having someone like her um annie was really sweet to me too she made me feel very welcomed a lot of the older girls you would think like they've been here they're veterans like this is their team you'd think that they wouldn't really take the time to get to know uh 
college girl that's just coming in the gym for the summer. Like you think they wouldn't really take the time, but they genuinely did. And they really made me feel like they cared about me as a person more than a volleyball player and really got to know me. So just having people like that was really helpful, especially for that first week when it's kind of a whirlwind of things happening. But I was really thankful to have them to just kind of lean on and get to know. When, or I guess maybe how did you get that call to come into the national team uh, for that first time? So uh, the previous summer, I Carl invited me just to come train and just to get better. So I had that experience. And after being there last summer, I knew that this was a gym that I really wanted to be in. I didn't do a lot of, I didn't do USA stuff growing up. I didn't really like, I don't know. I never really tried out or did things like that because I was just kind of shy and nervous. I always got a little scared to do it. Um, So that previous year when I had been invited that summer to come train, I knew that this is a gym that I really want to be in. It was so fun being with all those people. So in March, I think it was March. I reached out to Karch. I texted him. I was like, thank you so much for the opportunities last summer. It was so fun. I would love any chance to come in and train with you guys this summer, even if it's for like a week. Like I just really want to get in the gym to get better. And he told me, he like obviously responded and was like, thank you so much. Like we loved having you here. Currently we don't have any space for you to be there, but we'll let you know. And I was kind of like, dang, okay, well maybe something will happen. Maybe, you know, I'll get a spot. And then a couple weeks later, get a call from him saying that there's space for me to train and actually to be on the eligibility roster. So I was like on cloud nine. It was so crazy. And I was glad that I listened to my dad and was like, I'll just reach out. So he's like, you should just do it. Like, it's fine. So thanks dad. Shout out to you. <laughs> the reason I was there. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of how it happened. And then after school um, came down there in May. That's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, that gym, you really wanted to be in there. You want to be a part of that gym. What's, what is it about the national team gym that's just, you know, invigorating or, you know, just inspiring, uh, motivating to be in there and the energy. Could you talk a little bit about the atmosphere of the national team gym? Yeah, the energy is really crazy. It's definitely very fun. And I hadn't really been very knowledgeable about international volleyball or just the next level. So being able to come in and see like, there's such a broad range of range of ages as well. So there's people that are like closer to my age, people that are like in their thirties. So just being able to come in and like see how high level it is every single day. It's obviously a gym where like obviously Card is in charge and it's his gym, it's his team, but the girls are so self-motivated that it was really inspiring that like the love and the drive for volleyball like never really ends. Like you're always gonna be this amped up about it. So that was super fun and just really being able to push myself. Like I'm a six year this year. I was a fifth year last year. So I'm on the older side of things in college volleyball, obviously. And basically I've seen it all with like skills and talent and things like that. So wanting to continue to push myself, like I want to play at the next level. So I know that if I don't want to do that, I need to continue to be in uncomfortable situations. And Mm -hmm. I think being in the USA gym gives me the opportunities to be, to learn how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So it was really fun and you're definitely tested every single day. You're going to get humbled real quick. The setters were really humbling me as a middle. My first week, I was like, okay, I need to get get my speed back. I need to work on my eye work because I'm getting juked out a little bit, but definitely helps. And then I felt like I came back to college. I was like, oh, this is so easy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about what your, your V&L experience was like? Yeah, it was definitely insane. Um, being in Turkey 
the crowd was crazy. Like we played Turkey the last night that we were there. And obviously the other games were fun and they were cool and I played in them. But seeing how invested other countries are in women's volleyball is so awesome to watch because I think we're definitely on the rise in the come up in America, but we're still not at that international level. So just being able to play in a rowdy, um, excited gym was really cool and really fun. And just realizing like you're at the net and you're looking across the net at people who are Olympic medalists and are the best of the best in the whole entire world at their position. Like we were at Turkey and we were playing against Vargas. It's like, this is insane. I'm playing against this girl right now. Like, this is so cool. So it was really fun just being able to compete against some people that you think are just on a whole other planet as you and being able to realize like, okay, I could still hold my own and I'm still like, I don't look like a fish out of water right now on the court. Like it was definitely a very, it was a humbling, but also positive experience for myself because I felt like it kind of added another sense of like confidence in the work that I've put in to get to this place. Like it was really rewarding and fulfilling to be able to do that. Just the feeling of wearing the USA volleyball jersey, the USA jersey. What was that moment like for you? Um, what were the emotions going through that moment? I was definitely a little emotional. I feel like the older I'm getting, the more emotional I'm becoming. So I'm <laughs> very present in every moment that I'm in. And I'm like, so grateful. But um, I literally sent a picture to my family and our group message right away of like the jersey without heel on. And I was like, this is so crazy that like... Before I had my second surgery, I was like, there's no way I'm playing after college. Like, I don't have the physical capacity to even compete right now. And like, there's no way I'm doing it after that. So being able to see like how quick things can change in your life and how really like trusting the process and going through those tough times can definitely, you know, it's going to look up eventually. Like, it was so incredible. And I was so just in awe. Like, I remember the first night after we played, I like went back to the hotel and I was sitting in my bed and I was like, just so I was really just reminiscing, just so thankful on everything that I've gone through to be able to be here. And obviously, like, I hope I'm at the only the beginning of my USA volleyball journey, but just seeing that everything that I've gone through worked out for myself, the end and being able to represent my country is so crazy, especially subbing in college and doing that. So it really just was kind of the icing on the cake of all the stuff that I got through the last year and a half before that. And I was so thankful to have that jersey being able to represent myself and my family and my school with USA on my back. E. That's so cool. Yeah, I bet that family chat was just blowing up uh, I know, <laughs> with that picture. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Asia, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us and and take us through your journey and uh, tell us about your summer with USA as well. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're just at the beginning here and we're excited to watch you compete with Texas here in your, your senior season and then uh, hopefully see you back in the USA gym real soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. It was good talking to y'all. Thank you as well. Where can, uh, if you know, people, listeners, bands, where can they follow you to, you know, kind of follow your journey? Yeah, you can follow me um, on Instagram and X at Asia O'Neal, A-S-J-I-A-O-N-E-A-L. And then on TikTok, y'all can follow me to see my journey. It's A-S-J-I-A-A-O-N-E-A-L. So just keep up with me and I, I try to post a lot. So yeah. And then keep it with that DJ career, right? You know, you got those, exactly. those little samples and everything on TikTok. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you're not watching the video episodes, you got it. You got to start watching them because uh, went down a little memory lane there uh, from our time at the national championship last year and pulled out the the confetti. Pulled out the gold confetti. Still, still <laughs> they still got it. They still got it. See my little drawer here in the desk. <laughs> I was in this little container behind. I still want to reach behind <laughs> and mess up the camera angle, but it's there. I still got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe uh, can't believe Asia didn't didn't save some of it. Uh, but I, I, they do cut the net, so I'm sure she has her piece. Yeah, of I think too. I think there's plenty of you know much better memorabilia that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. They went home with some good hardware. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but awesome conversation with Asia. She's she's great. Got to uh, got to meet her this summer uh, at BNL finals in Arlington. Um, super nice um, and incredible volleyball player, too. She she brought it all BNL and uh, made the roster for the finals. Um, and uh, yeah, just what a journey that she's been on too uh, throughout her volleyball career. Um and just, you know, going through those two heart surgeries as well, having the doctor tell her that she's not going to be able to play volleyball anymore uh, and overcoming that. And then, yeah, last year winning the national championship, I'm sure all that kind of came into perspective and just all the emotions uh, around her whole journey just kind of came rushing forward to her in that moment. But yeah, awesome conversation with Asia and yeah, looking forward to seeing her back in the USA gym. But before that, her final season at Texas, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. I mean, we've already been following along uh, with all that there, too. But, I mean, I just appreciate um, her sharing her journey, you know, from the start of volleyball. And, you know, her club experience is insane. What kind of goes in the yeah. clubs and this and that. And, you know, her overall honesty when it comes to, you know, the those really those major factors in her life, like those two heart surgeries, you know, how the first one affected and then, then the second one. You know, there is a significant mental toll on that, too. But I think she... She tells that story with such, you know, enthusiasm and 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 truth, you know, to it. And you would never guess that, like watching her play volleyball, you would never guess that watching her on a national team for the first time this past, um, you know, this past summer and and so on. But I mean, it's just it's insane. You know, I, I'm very, very much enjoying watching her story develop as she continues her career, especially through uh, as she finishes up her last year in Texas. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and. As you mentioned at the start of the show, those rankings, there's some strong teams there. And, and Asia mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, was it was Washington State was one that she, uh, I think Texas, they had lost earlier in the season. So she's looking forward they, to They've been a surprise one this year. Too. Yeah. I think they just also upset someone else. I, I, I got a fact check and figure out who it was too over the weekend. But yeah, they just definitely had a, a nice upset too. So, I mean, uh, talking about rankings really quickly, I mean, I mentioned Nebraska's 19-0, but I mean, literally every single one of these top 10 teams have have like at most four losses only one team with four losses everyone else has yeah two so the race is very 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 tight cannot wait for the tournament this year too but i mean i do also side to appreciate uh her shoe collection in the back of that oh that was cool another reason to watch the video episodes there oh yeah shoe collection that was so cool uh but yeah i mean just an awesome individual loved talking to asia um loved uh i caught up a little bit with her 
or talked a little bit about Texas with her and when we were in Arlington, but it was, it's always nice to talk to a fellow Texan and, and have those connections because she grew up in the Dallas area as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun hearing her talk about, uh, you know, competing at, uh, at Texas too. And, and then that gym, uh, Gregory, it's just, it, it real, if you've never experienced it, it's so cool. It's just very close to the court, very intimate atmosphere. And, uh, those Texas fans, they, they get after they it. Come they, they come ready. They come ready. They come ready. Texas fight. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, awesome conversation with Asia. Looking forward to, uh, catching up with her again down the road and good luck to her competing at Texas in her final season. And then, yeah, of course, hopefully seeing her back in the USA gym here really soon. Is that is is it events time? I think it is up. Let's see what's up. The great van with Steve Van. <laughs> uh, here we go. Starting with the USA Volleyball Beach Tour. Uh, we've got a few events coming up, including the Gulf Coast Region Fall Beach Classic National Qualifier, November 4th <laughs> through the 6th in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Great place. If you've never been to Gulf Shores, uh, awesome beach. One of my favorite beaches that I've ever been to. <laughs> Um, the Lone Star region, GCVA, November BRQ, November 5th in League City, Texas. The Florida region, SSOVA regional qualifier, November 5th in St. Pete Beach, Florida. And the Florida region, SSOVA regional qualifier, November 12th in St. Pete. St. Pete Beach, Florida. That is always so hard that's to say a, for me. <laughs> Twister of a tongue right there. That is a tongue twister for sure. <laughs> Good luck to everyone competing in those events. And shout out, of course, to all the USAB regions for setting up and hosting those events. Uh, more details on all upcoming events can be found at USABolleyball.org. Now to the pro side of things. Also, side note, love that Gulf Shores has uh, the Steven Munson mustache stamp of approval. Great beach. Check it out. <laughs> if you, uh, have That's right. To do so. So looking back to the pro side of things, too, um, we have the Beach Pro Tour Challenge, November 2nd through the 5th in Haikou, China. After that, we have the FIVB U21 Beach World Championship from November 8th through the 12th in Royette, Thailand. Good luck to all our national team athletes competing in all these events across the board. And we also have the local and zonal national officiating camp. I almost said cup. Well. Police tournaments, National Officiating <laughs> Camp, November 3rd through the 5th in Huntsville, Alabama. It is a great opportunity for aspiring officials to learn from great experts, both in the classroom and on the sand. Be sure to register today at usavolleyball.org. That makes me think we should do like an officiating cup. <laughs> Just like a competition with officials somehow. I don't know how that would work, but you know how like they have like the firefighting competitions and stuff like that. An officiating cup. I see it now. <laughs> you have to, you check out your score sheets. You have to sprint your court. You got to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what was the, yeah. What was the grocery store uh, competition? Oh, there was like a uh, super shoppers. Is that what it was called? Well, you'd have to like run through. And, and, Supermarket sweep. Thanks, Curtis. Supermarket oh my sweep. God. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Fish. Make it like make it like legends of the hidden temple style, add some flair to oh, it. You know? Yes. Orange iguanas. Uh, <laughs> was, was, was it orange iguanas? I think that's right. Orange iguanas. 
Blue Barracudas, maybe? Blue, yep, Blue Barracudas. Uh-huh. Did you ever see the like the the remake they had of it? No, I never did. I never. It was it. okay. It was okay. okay. Nothing like the you know, nothing like the past, you know, like the old the uh, old time sake too. But some good nostalgia yeah. though. Was it? Was it similar? It was. It was. It was okay. Environment was a little different. It was kind of everything was outdoorsy and stuff too. But I mean, the nostalgia was there, hundred percent. I want to see the remake Guts though. That was the one. Oh, yes. in the aggro crag, bring that back. The aggro crag. Oh yeah. yeah. I used to watch it as a kid. And just. <laughs> I could do this. Just how do I sign up? Where do I sign up? Let's do it. But hey, never got the chance to do it. Man, good choice. All right. Officiating cup. Let's bring it up at the next all staff meeting. Uh, 2025. <laughs> let's start brief summer now. Mm-hmm. Bring it to main meetings. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay. Let's wrap this episode up. Remember, listeners, you can rate and review, share with friends, family, and teammates. It really helps this podcast grow and reach new listeners. And of course, check out our video episodes now on our website and YouTube channel. We thank you for all your continued support. Do you know a club that should be featured uh, or maybe a story you'd like us to share? You can email us at the USAB show at USAB.org. Leave us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know about any future topics you'd like to hear. Uh, new episodes drop every other week. And until next time, thank you for listening to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producer is Lara Fawcett. Our marketing lead is Bree Jaycox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.